The audio guide to the galaxy is recorded in the Sartek Planetarium on Wajak Noongar land. Good evening everybody and welcome to a new episode of the Audio Guide to the Galaxy. My name is Leon and in this episode we'll be taking you through a journey of the night sky of Perth throughout the month of March. This episode is best listened to outside with your headphones in. Before you go outside, make sure you're wearing a jumper if it's cold and some bug spray as well. And this week, we are joined by an expert from the SciTech Planetarium. Damon, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, expert is a very generous term, I would say, but nevertheless, I appreciate that very much. Well, we're going to uh, call upon your expertise now because I want to pick your brain about the night sky in March. Uh, if I'm just a casual observer outside, looking at the sky after sunset, what's what, what sort of planets can I expect to see uh, in March? Well, in March at the moment, I wish I could tell you that there were a whole host of planets, but your options are actually fairly limited at the moment. Now, if you look in the west at sunset, well, then you might actually see a few, namely Venus and Jupiter. Now, Venus is the much brighter one, and I'm afraid that Jupiter's going to be gone by the end of the month, so catch it while you can. Now, they're the ones that you're going to really notice as a casual observer, but if you want to look really closely, then you might be able to spot just a few more. Uranus, it turns out, one of our favourite planets here in the planetarium, especially amongst school kids, uh, it's in the background as well. And if you have a smartphone, which is most people these days, you can probably use a planetarium app to help you find it. And in the northwest, during the evenings, there is one other planet, and it happens to be objectively the best planet other than Earth, and that planet's name is Mars, the red planet. And very exciting thing about Mars, not just that you can see it in the sky if you look very, very closely, but if humans were to ever travel to another planet, well, Mars, it's probably going to be the first one that we go to. There you go. I'm going to pick your brain on that later. But just to double check, so you said Venus and Jupiter after sunset. After sunset. In which direction, sorry? Uh, you should be looking in the west just after sunset. And remember, brighter one, it's going to be Venus in this situation. Ah, so why is Venus brighter than Jupiter, even though Jupiter's bigger? Well, Jupiter is bigger, but my friend, Jupiter is much, much farther away. Venus, much, much closer. It's actually the closest planet. Unfortunately, it's just not that great a situation for humans. So if we're going to go anywhere, that's why we're probably going to Mars. Excellent. I see we've got a passion there. So, and Uranus is in the background. Can you see Uranus or Uranus without a telescope? Look, that is an excellent question. I don't think you're going to be in that situation this month. Oh, and that's why you need the smartphone with your app to help you? Yes, and even then it's probably going to be quite a challenge. Uh, your main ones to go to are Venus and Jupiter. Fantastic. Um, all right, so uh, Venus, Jupiter and Mars, and maybe if you're lucky, Uranus. Uh, what about interesting constellations, just stars? What should I be looking for? Look, if you're, if you're someone who does like to look for constellations, then probably the most famous one that you can see at the moment is Orion. Now, most people, they have an easier time finding Orion, mainly through Orion's belt. You have three stars relatively close together in a straight line. And from there, you can build out and you look further and you can find things like Orion's club. Ah, oh, yes, the, the hunting club. Yes, Orion, of course, the famed hunter from Greek mythology. Um, uh, where, which direction am I looking to see that? Uh, if you want to find Orion at the moment, well, I'm afraid you're going to have to be looking in the northwest of the sky which depending on when you do that, 
easier than other types. Oh, that's... You said that that's where Mars is as well, right? Yes. Oh, so I should see Mars and Orion up in the northwest. Hopefully. Uh, obviously, Perth, it can give you some interesting night skies sometimes, and you're not always going to see everything you'd like to because there are clouds in the way from time to time. So, all right, so I know that I'm going to be uh, outside looking at the planets, and I'm also going to try and catch a glimpse of Orion. I suppose more generally, Damon, is there any other interesting events or space news that's happening in March? Well, coming up very soon on the 21st of March, we're actually approaching the autumn equinox. Now, some of you might be familiar with the summer solstice or the winter solstice. They are the days in summer. It's the longest day of the year. In winter, it is the shortest day. The equinox, it's actually the point in between. It's the point where the amount of day of time and the amount of nighttime, they're actually equal. When you say equal amounts of day and night, for, for who? equal amounts of day and night for every single person on the planet. It's the point where the sun pretty much appears to go directly over the equator during the day. Oh, okay. So everyone on Earth. Everyone on Earth. We're all in the same boat as far as daytime and nighttime on this day. On this day. There you go. Oh, and because we're heading towards winter, I guess after that, that means our we will get less daylight than nighttime. Yes, because ultimately we'll be approaching the winter solstice. So our days will get shorter and shorter until we hit that point. They'll start to get longer and longer and longer. Ah, okay. That makes perfect sense. All right, I've learned something from that. Uh, All right, well, so that's the night sky sorted. That's the planets. Is there any other interesting space news happening during March? Well, here at SciTech, there's something that we like quite a bit. Okay. And that is 3D printing. It's actually a technology that's been developing in leaps and bounds over the last few decades. And we're actually up to the point now as a species where we can 3D print many of the components that make up a rocket. Wow, really? I've, I've heard rumours about this. Like, when you say many, how much? So we're looking at, in some cases, up to 80%, maybe slightly more of a rocket. And with some very novel metal fabrication printing techniques, we're actually looking at a situation where some companies that are really pushing the limits at the moment are actually able to print their rocket engines themselves. Wow. So I've got a 3D printer at home that, you know, I can print toys and things with. You're talking about printing entire rocket engines. We are talking about printing entire rocket engines. We're talking about printing engines capable of dealing with incredible pressures and temperatures. Your little printer at home, it's probably dealing in PLA plastic. Yes, it is. Uh, so that one, it's probably going to melt the moment you... It's, it may not even hold up to the pressure of the, the various fuels going through the lines. I'm afraid it's just not up to the standard. What we are talking about is some of the most complicated pieces of 3D printing equipment ever built. But every year that goes by, as they use this technology more and more, uh, hopefully the cost is going to come down further and further. Maybe another 10, 20 years we can have one in our homes. But That'd be nice. And which company is building these rockets? Uh, So this launch in particular that we are looking at this month, it's a rocket called Terran 1. And it's actually built by a company called Relativity Space. Relativity Space, okay. Yes. Now, the two people who founded this company, they did actually work previously for another aerospace company called Blue Origin, um, which some of you may know was started by Amazon founder Jeff Bezos quite a while ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they've used the expertise that they built up working there for quite a time to now go off and start their own company. Um, and it may be that they actually put something in orbit before Blue Origin does, which would be quite an interesting turn of events. So are they launching this month or are they trying to launch? Well, with most things in space, try is the key word. Right. So they have recently made an attempt to launch. They did have to abort fairly late into the situation. Oh, no. 
And there is every chance that that happens again, because as we so often say, space is very, very hard. But at the same time, you know, you want to make sure you get everything right, because you're talking about having millions and millions of dollars on the pad. And if something goes wrong, that's millions and millions of dollars that's just going to explode and burn up. Absolutely. So it's worth it to cancel now if there's a small risk than to just roll the dice. Absolutely. Well, Damon, thank you for your expertise. I think you've given our audience a lot to think about. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Audio Guide to the Galaxy. If you want more information, you can go to the SciTech website and look for the page The Sky Tonight to find more. We'll see you next month for a tour of the April night sky. Bye for now.